Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, Cape Cod. It's high noon on Wednesday. Time for another episode of the talk show, Life with Gwen. Many of you may know about the Rising Stars supplement that the Cape Cod Times publishes each year. We're blessed to have it and blessed to have all the wonderful nominations. In each year, 20 students are chosen to be honored for the work that they've done in high school, and, and we're inspired by their plans as they go on with their education. And um, today, I want to let you know that that supplement will be out Tuesday, May 15th, and we have a sneak peek, you know, feel like one of those, uh, those uh, grocery store um, uh, tabloids, you know. We have a sneak peek. With us today are two of this year's rising stars. Welcome. And uh, possibly joining us with this new technology, if we can do it, will also be Kendall Currents from Falmouth Academy. Um, she w wanted to be here, but uh, she was uh, recovering from, from some surgery. So if possible, she'll be commenting on the show and, and we'll get some words from her as well. But I'm going to start by having each of you introduce yourself. Thank you for coming. And Sophia, why don't you start? Hello, my name is Sophia Gibson. I am a student at Sturgis East. And I am really involved in lots of activities at my school, including student council. And I'm involved with activities outside of school. I'm really interested in Native American rights. And I plan to study politics, economics, and philosophy at the University of Virginia next year. Nice. Great. And Will? Hi. Uh, my name is Will Moser. Um, I attend the uh, Greenfield Commonwealth Virtual Academy. Um, I am a senior, um, as all rising stars are, <laughs> uh, but I'm also an actor um, who uh, I, I do shows all over the Cape as well as a couple in Boston. Um, and I'm going to the University of Hartford's conservatory program at the Hart School for uh, acting training. I totally forgot that, Will, from when we met before. That's where my daughter graduated from. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have fun there. I can't wait. <laughs> so, um, Sophia, let me ask you. How did your interest in, in law, and specifically in Native American law, uh, develop? Was there any class or anything that made you feel that way? Um, so I've always wanted to have a career in a field that would help people. When I was younger, I wanted to be a psychiatrist. I wanted to be a teacher. And then after my freshman year of high school, I had the opportunity to take a mission trip to the Rosebud Indian Reservation. And I've been back two times since. And that was really an eye-opening experience for me to learn a lot about the Lakota culture and to learn more about the legacy of the treaties between the Lakota and the United States federal government. So that kind of sparked an interest in me and I've continued learning more about that at school in my higher level history class we have the opportunity to write a paper about any topic of our choosing in history and so I decided to investigate how the US has had other relations with minorities and then for my IB the International Baccalaureate extended essay I chose to write about the work of Leonard Peltier who's an 
American Indian movement activist and is currently serving consecutive life terms for supposedly murdering two FBI agents. So I've kind of taken my mission trip and what I what I'm good at in terms of law and thinking and critical thinking and all of that um, to come up with this area that I want to focus on in my studies and become a lawyer in. And I think at one time you were thinking possibly when you're younger, possibly politics, even presidential <laughs> politics. Are politics off the table or we see what happens? We'll see what happens. I'm trying to keep an open mind um, in terms of how the government is working now. And I really thought that being the president would be the best way when I was much younger for creating change in the world. Mm -hmm. And now I see that there are many different avenues for people to take in accomplishing that and that I can make very meaningful contributions to how the U.S. interacts with Native American tribes without necessarily being the president. <laughs> and of course, we have Native American tribe right in our, our uh, backyard, you know, and I believe that uh, Kendall, um, Kendall, are you out there? If you can join <laughs> us, please do. Uh, Kendall is, is a, a member of the Wampanoag tribe. So um, that will, I'm sure, be very helpful. Have And did you go to uh, the, um, the place where, did you go to the Lakota tribe to, to learn or were you doing volunteer work there? Or? So there were a few aspects of the trip. We went to learn mostly. Um, we worked alongside the Rosebud Episcopal Mission and we learned a lot about the Lakota culture and kind of everyday life and how the tribe works and a greater context for the um, practice of having reservations and how that has affected the Lakota people. But then we also did a lot of manual labor in terms mm -hmm. of fixing churches and chopping firewood for the winter and doing little projects on different elders' homes to help them just have better lives and to support them in any way that we can. Great. And, you know, it's interesting because, uh, Will, I, I'm going to ask you about how you got interested in, in theater and in acting because we see more and more um, that uh, theater is being used for what you might term social justice. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your interests. Well, um, I've always been in, uh, interested in, um, in theater. Ever since I was a kid, I would, um, I would be in all the school plays. And I remember one of the first shows that I was in uh, was a stage adaptation of The Mitten. Uh, which is this nice little uh, story of um, a bunch of animals trying to fit in this white, uh, this white woolen uh, mitten, and uh, I played the mole, which uh, which I think was groundbreaking. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, ever ever Very since, funny. <laughs> thanks. Um, uh, but I think uh, what really sparked my uh, my interest in theater was doing a show called The Little Prince back in um, uh, back when I was in um, seventh grade. Uh, my dad found an audition for uh, for a community theater show uh, for The Little Prince at Eventide Arts, uh, directed mm -hmm. by Kate Afford. And um, my dad, uh, when I was younger, always used to read the book The Little Prince to me. Um, and uh, it was it was a big part of my childhood. And I found out that I uh, that I got cast as the lead, uh, as uh, as the Little Prince. And um, having that um, having that experience and being in that show was really wonderful for me because it was it was um it was the first real like introduction to community theater and how it can change people and touch people and having these different backgrounds with characters and i 
personally feel that the Wu Princess has one of the most important messages where everyone is a kid, everyone is a child inside, and it only takes a little bit of digging to keep uh, to keep that child alive and keep that uh, child uh, living and growing inside of you, and uh, even with adults. Um, and I feel like that's very important in, the, in the, uh, this day and age, is keeping uh, the imagination and the innocence uh, that children have. Um, and yeah, I think that's very important. How, how does that um, translate, do you suppose, for an adult? Um, you know, I mean, it sounds really cool that you got to take a character you knew well from your childhood and and embody him, literally, <laughs> become him. Um, but uh, in terms of keeping the innocence alive for adults, can you think like of uh, an everyday situation where we might be doing that better? Um, I'd say I'd say one of the uh, the best interpretations I can uh, give of that is from um uh, from the uh, from one of the first movies uh, that it, that the Little Prince was. Uh, uh, that was about the Little Prince back in uh, the 1980s, uh, where there was this um, there was a segment where um, uh, the aviator, who is the uh, the narrator of the show, uh, says um, uh, adults don't ask the important questions, uh, where they uh, they'll say how much do you make or what do you do for a living or um, uh, or uh, where do you live, while kids will ask the important questions that really show someone's personality, such as what's your favorite color, what games do you like to play. Um, what do you want to be when you grow up? Um, not as in like a financial stance, but in a, um, in a more, uh, what makes you happy? What's your uh, dream? My dream? What, the, yeah. this is the kind of question. Exactly. Like, what's your dream? What, uh, what is the, um, uh, what is your passion? What is, uh, what really keeps you going? So, yeah. We've sort of uh, segued into an area because before the, the camera started, I had asked uh, both of these folks if they could talk just a little bit about maybe one or two things that they see happening in their world, living as teenagers, you're both 18, on Cape Cod, that, that you know, um, that maybe the adults don't know about. I don't know if it's a social media thing or uh, just something that that you guys are working on changing that you think people are, you know, people my age might not be aware of. Well, I think that one thing is not that's an issue doesn't really relate just to Cape Cod. I think that we've seen in the current political sphere and in just how our society in the United States is operating is that a lot of adults aren't very good at having constructive conversations in terms of compromising and mm -hmm. I think that there are a lot of lessons to be learned from um, kids especially students because we are every day in classrooms having discussions having debates learning to respect one another's opinions and I think it's really important for the students of today not to lose that because I think that will be incredibly important as we try to bring about more social change hmm. in the United States so not only questioning but uh, listening to to everybody's uh, input to the answers. Yeah, I think listening is something that our society is becoming increasingly poor at. With the advent of social media, it can be a wonderful tool, but it can also be a way for people to continue to put out their ideas and not to take a moment to reflect on the ideas of other and the and the values of other people. Oh, hear you, hear you. I could not have said that better. And I have to tell you, I sometimes wonder if the data, even though I work in the data information age, um, that there's just so much.
much that that sometimes it feels like you're going to be overrun by it and you have to go walk by the ocean and, and you know talk to dogs instead of people <laughs> although I mean generally I'm a pretty big fan of people too but uh, so Will is there something that that you've run into that uh, you particularly think should be brought to the forefront you know in terms of things that you guys are knowing and, and adults maybe are not I think one thing that um, I think is very important about Cape Cod uh, that I think really needs uh, to be brought up to uh, to attention is that Cape Cod is definitely a uh, summer venue for um, uh, for tourists and um, activities. Um, and in the winter time uh, and in the off seasons uh, for for Cape Cod, it really dies down, and you realize that um, the tourists are only there for the summers; they're not really here for the winters. Um, and it leads to many problems for many people who live here because since there's not a lot to particularly do, I said that right, who knows, um, it, since there's not a lot to um, particularly do um, on Cape in the off season, uh, like in the, um, in the fall, winter, and spring, um, unfortunately a lot, of, uh, a lot of people turn to, um, uh, turn to drug use, uh, such as the, um, uh, the documentary that was on uh, HBO, The uh, Heroin Cape Cod, that followed uh, the lives of people who um, uh, were addicted to opioids. And, um, it's it's very uh, unfortunate that many people turn uh, turn to um, uh, such substances uh, because they don't uh, they don't realize that there's more to uh, more to life than just the summer season on Cape Cod. I think that's a big issue. Um, the way that I try to combat that is um, uh, is the theater on Cape. I think is fantastic. Um, it's the the Cape, uh, Cape Cod, although it seems uh, it, it doesn't seem as uh, as rich uh, as one might see it. Uh, but there are twenty six theaters on the Cape and Islands, and um, uh, it's definitely a uh, hidden gem of the Cape. Uh, and the theater season runs year round; it's not just in the summer. Uh, although the summer does bring in the most money uh, for the theaters, uh, the having having the year round uh, theater experience really. I think helps the uh, helps the feeling of not having anything to do during the, during the off season, and um, being uh, being a part of these shows in uh, in the fall, in the winter, in the spring, I feel really helps um, uh, some people realize that there's more uh, more to uh, more to life on Cape than just the beaches. And I know that some of the theaters are actually. Um taking the shows the out to the performances out to nursing homes to senior residences uh, consoles on aging um, so that's another way that that people get to to see the shows exactly I should have asked you too are you a musical theater student um, I am a, I'm actually an act uh, an acting student at the uh, University of Hartford's um, uh, conservatory program uh, I'm going into acting training but um I love musical theater musical theater is uh, very wonderful I think that um, it's just as important as acting because uh, you, when you're in a musical theater setting, you're not just uh, displaying emotions through words and through actions on stage, but you're also expressing it through music and dancing and song, and uh, and it's beautiful because uh, if you uh, if you listen to uh, musicals such as um, uh, such as the musical Waitress by Sarah Bareilles. Um, it shows such emotion uh, of just this uh, of this small town little uh, bakery of this um, of this young waitress who's baking pies, and it 
it's something that you wouldn't think of as a musical, but once you uh, once you see it and listen to the music, you really feel the raw emotion that this character is feeling. And it's those acting skills which make it feel like a whole, I think, not like somebody suddenly stopped and burst into song, which is kind of weird, <laughs> you know? Uh, I've, my daughter is uh, into musicals, so I've seen many, many musicals, many, many times. And you know the good ones because you, you actually, it's kind of seamless that into the song instead of like, oh, I think I'll sing a song now. Exactly. <laughs> so it, uh, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about um, some of the work that, that you folks have been doing in terms of academic work and then we can talk about other work too. <laughs> but I know that uh, Sophia was kind enough to dash across the street from the Federated <laughs> Church where she was taking an IB exam in what subject? It was in higher level history. Mm. Yes, history of Africa and the Middle East. <laughs> and what does higher level mean? Like, you know, what uh, what is the sort of general description of, of that? So, just to start, the International Baccalaureate Program is internationally recognized, and I, I believe it's a more comprehensive program than the advanced placement tests that most people are, are familiar with. So the distinction between higher level and standard level is that within the IB course of study, you're... Um, you have to be a well-balanced student. So most students take three higher level courses and three standard level courses supplemented with the IB core of, of basically a philosophy class and reflections on the activities that we do and writing an extended essay. So a higher level is really an opportunity to be in a classroom in a subject that you really, really enjoy. Mm -hmm. And so the skills are a little bit more rigorous in that subject and we cover a lot more material. So I was, oh, that's a great definition because yeah. I I didn't know if it had to do with the content that you were studying or, you know, the approach to it, but it sounds a little bit like getting ready to for a thesis. <laughs> you will you'll be very well versed when you head on to where are you going? I'm going to the University of Virginia as a Jefferson Scholar next year. And tell me a little bit about that. Have you decided yet what your major will be, or is that will you do a year of exploration? So I'm fortunate enough to be in the Eccles Scholar program as well at the University of Virginia. So I will be exempt from general education requirements, and I also have the opportunity to make my own major. So I'm really interested in politics, economics, and philosophy because I want to get kind of a broad basis for a lot of what happens in our world to better understand the world before I specialize in law school. Wow, that's very impressive and, <laughs> and very needed to, to have that context. It's one of the things journalists are always trying to do is to put things into context. And uh, I think the guys here do a pretty good job of it. So, but you know, got to brag on your on your beeps, you know. <laughs> Did I say something stupid in teen speak? <laughs> so, I um, uh, I have a friend. She's my age, but she always knows the new expressions before I do. <laughs> anyway, so uh, but you're not quite quite through with those general ed requirements because in two and a half hours you need to do something else. Yes, I have my 
higher level mathematics paper three exam at 2.30. <laughs> this involves calculus, right? Yes, well, it's, it's all calculus. So the way that the IB further maths, well, I do further maths and higher level maths this year. Um, the way the higher level maths works is you do the core, which is uh, kind of a broad basis of different mathematical topics to prepare students for universities in Europe and around the world because you have to be more specialized there. Um, but then we also get the opportunity to do a topic of our choice. So my class chose to study a little bit more calculus. <laughs> so that's what my exam will be on. Is, is there like a, a application to that? You, you know, I mean, I mean, like, does your class study more calculus around formulas and and uh, and information, or does it, you know, say, okay, if we had this real world problem, this is how the calculus would be applied? So the. Calculus topic is a little bit more behind theories. There's a lot about limits and different events like that. But then in the core, we did a lot with related rates and optimization and different topics that can be strongly applied to a lot of life situations. That's why I asked because I took philosophy twice in college and once it, the time it stuck was through the math department mm -hmm. because very close. Um, it... Um, I'm going to ask our producer, was that a five-minute single? Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you. So I'd like to hear a little bit, Will, about uh, what you plan to do at, um, at heart and what your hopes are and what, what you hope this will lead to. Oh, yes. Um, well, uh, I'm going to the uh, University of Hartford, uh, the conservative, uh, conservatory program uh, for acting training. And um, the program is uh, absolutely fantastic. Um, I actually got involved with, uh, with the University of Hartford at a young age. Um, the third show uh, in community theater that I did was The King and I at the Monomoy Theater. And, um, they're, uh, partner, they're partners exactly. with Hart. Yep. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And what they do is that they bring their, uh, the graduates and the undergraduates down to the Cape for, uh, for a summer. And they uh, put on a set list of about 10 to 13 different shows ranging from musical theater to uh, Shakespearean tragedies and comedies and uh, uh, some Henrik Ibsen's thrown in there, a little splice. Uh, but... Um, <laughs> It's, uh, I thought it was so fantastic, and um, I started auditioning for schools, and I knew that Hart was uh, the one that I really wanted to go to, and uh, what, uh, thankfully I got into it, and um, I can't wait to, uh, to start my uh, acting training there. Um, I head out there in, uh, in late August, and um, uh, the subjects that we cover there are, um, uh, since, uh, since acting training uh, and musical theater training are two different uh, subjects at the, um, at the conservatory. Um, the musical theater training is more of a broad, uh, a broader uh, look at the um, uh, at theater, uh, and it's more so uh, delving into the um, uh, into musical theater uh, like portions of theater. Uh, of theater. Meanwhile, acting training is a more uh, more honed uh, major. Uh, it what it does is that um, uh, we study the works of uh, like Stanislavski and Shakespeare, and we um. Uh, we uh, we delve into it, and we actually um, I believe we take a year uh, a year study in London to learn all about Shakespeare. So I'm really excited for that. That'll be wonderful. It uh, it uh, sounds like it's more um, about uh, involving the play from the very beginning, from its making. But I also wanted to get to because you had been talking, both of you and uh, Will. I think you were 
uh, involved in something specifically here, talking a little about, a bit about the student activism we have seen, especially since the Parkland shootings, but you know, even before that, I think it was coming along. Would you like to fill us in on what's happening locally? Sure. Um, uh, personally, I'm not on the student board for the uh, for the Students Against Vi uh, Violence uh, board for Cape Cod, but um, uh, I have a couple of friends who are very uh, important activists in that, and um, I'd like to name them off. Um, uh, some of my uh, good friends are in that group, uh, such as uh, Drew Dalton, uh, Nora Candidate, uh, Nick Buccaneri, uh, Lily Anderson, and uh, a bunch more. Um, I think what they're doing is absolutely fantastic. Um, I believe that gun violence is very, uh, it, it's a very danced around topic in these, uh, especially in uh, this day and age, uh, with the um, such a separation between conservative uh, conservatives and uh, liberals. Uh, it's it's very upsetting that um, this uh, that gun violence is something that we can't come together on. Um, yeah, let me ask you, are some of these uh, students um, uh, underclassmen as well? So they'll mm -hmm. continue, the work will continue uh, after the, the seniors graduate. Exactly. And let's talk about that. What What's the first thing after graduation? What are we doing this summer, people? <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually have taken a family trip to Ireland because my mother's family is from Ireland. So we're oh, going to learn more about our roots. And so I'm very excited. For Do you know which part you're going to? Or? We're going to be along the West Coast mm -hmm. mainly because um, that's where my mother's family is from. And so I'm very excited to oh, nice. go to Europe and explore. That's bon wonderful. voyage. That's, that's <laughs> wonderful. And Will, what's on your summer schedule? Uh, my summer schedule is absolutely packed. Um, <laughs> since I got to save up for college, I'm working three jobs uh, as well as uh, performing in two shows this summer. Wow. Um, yeah, it's definitely packed. Um, uh, my favorite, uh, I believe um, one of my favorite jobs uh, this summer is something I've been working uh, for the past three years, is the Pirate Adventures uh, boat down oh, at the Hyatt uh, Harbor. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's yeah so I can. Fun there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got the feel to you. There. Exactly. Um, do you deal with a parrot or uh, you uh, work alone? Unfortunately, no, uh, no parrots. Uh, sometimes we'll throw on an eye patch just to uh, just to mix things up. Um, uh, but um, it's it's a fantastic uh, it's fantastic there. So, uh, what shows will we be able to see you in? And uh, end of summer, midsummer? Uh, this uh, this summer, I, I'm going to uh, first. I'm going to be in Beauty and the Beast over at the Cape Cod Theater Company. Um, that one runs from June 27th to July 16th, I believe. And I will be playing the part of LeFou for that. So um, <laughs> I can't wait for that. And then um, the uh, the second show that I'll be doing uh, runs from August 7th to 11th, and that is uh, As You Like It, the uh, the Shakespeare show, uh, which is actually at the Monomoy Theater, because um, Alan, uh, Alan Rust reached out to me and was like, hey, before you come to uh, to Hart, uh, we'd like you to get more uh, acclimated to, the, uh, uh, to your uh, peers and students. Um, so would you like to be a part of it? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you done Shakespeare before? Uh, I have. Um, one of my first, uh, first shows that I did for Shakespeare was actually um, a very uh, uncommon one that you see in uh, today's day and age, which was um, Cymbeline, um, which, uh, which was fantastic. I did it at the, uh, at the Barnesville High School uh, under the direction of Ed O'Toole. It was uh, a wonderful time. First time I met Ed O'Toole, he was standing on a uh, window ledge teaching a Shakespeare class, and I wasn't worried he was going to jump. He was simply trying to make a point about <laughs> using your body. But uh, so we say hello to Ed O'Toole over at Barnstable High as well. Um, I would like to thank all of you for joining us today and to thank these young people. I'm sorry, Kendall Currents, that we weren't able to do more with the uh, 
with the Facebook Live uh, technology we're still working on, but uh, you are here with us in our thoughts. We hope you get better quickly. And in terms of next week, folks, we're going to be having some company come in, and we're going to talk a bit about the royal wedding and getting ready to uh, have our own parties here on this side of the pond. <laughs> so be sure and join us if you're interested in the royals. And uh, we're not having them, mind you. But, so uh, you know, well, they get married in three days. <laughs> so um, feel free to, to join us, and we'll talk about that too. And for today, thank you so much. These are just two of the students that you will meet when the section comes out on May 15th. That's a rising star section, and we are so lucky here on the Cape. Thanks for, thanks for coming in and talking to us about your lives. Thank you for thank having you. us. Thank you very much. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.